Hello and welcome to Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. This is your Pure Gold Commentary Podcast. And as the name suggests, this is a commentary. It's not a study guide. So grab your study guide if you're not driving or running while listening to us. My name is Morgan Vincent, and in this week's episode, we have Rod Maller to discuss the theme, The Old Testament Hope. Rod, thank you for joining us. Really great you can, yeah, be here for the discussion. Yeah, great to be here, Morgan. Hey, look, Rod, let's jump straight into to the main um, text for this week, and it speaks of Abraham. Uh, and, and quoting from Hebrews 11, uh, it says, By faith Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer up his only son because he considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And one thought that that stands out initially, Rod, is, is how Abraham, when he received the promises, he was ready to offer up his only son. And I think it's a really important thing that you know, we're going to look at, you know, in, in, in various passages and, and stories from the Bible today is that when we receive the promises of eternal life, you know, with, with God, it then means that we're ready to offer up this earthly temporal life, you know, in the sense of, you know, Abraham here, he received the promises of a future hope, of a future resurrection, of eternal life. And, and that meant that, even if it meant offering up his only son for this temporal earthly life, he knew that God was able to raise him from the dead. Absolutely. And, you know, we see that in in everyday life where uh, we become sentimentally attached to things of this world. Mm. And it's very difficult for us to imagine a life without those things in our, in our life. And, and so the example that Abraham has set in you know, clinging onto those promises and severing his sentimentality, if you will, mm-hmm. to earthly things is a great example for us to to look to. Yeah, it's it's been said before of uh, speaking of Abraham that because um, it, it seems a a really strange thing that that Abraham would be, you know, put to the test in such a way. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you've got you've got a child, Rod. I, I don't, but you know, the the thought here is that. Um, God had to put Abraham through this experience so that it wouldn't be Isaac upon the throne of Abraham's heart, but it would be God himself. And and, and there's this incredible story that, that unfolds there. And, you know, we know that in the beginning, God, he brought life into existence from non-life. You know, he brought, you know, order from chaos. He brought, you know, something from from nothing, if you will. You know, he, he was the, the, the one before all of this. And so he did this through his word. And so if God is able to create life on earth from nothing, you know, or, or a human from, you know, the dust of the ground and, and breathing into him the, the breath of life, you know, we shouldn't doubt God's capacity to then recreate human life and to restore the original identity of, of such a person. 100%. And, you know, we see Job, you know, uh, alluding to that in his uh commentary in in Job chapter 19 verses 25 where he believes that he will see Jesus in his flesh Um, and he even mentions the Redeemer in that text and so uh, you see Job with a hundred percent faith and assuredness that um, in his own flesh his own eyes he he capitalizes and utilizes that that uh, personal 
relationship mm. with with Jesus that it's him who will see he he will see mm. and yeah and and job's a great example of this because you know he he was able to to hold on to this promise abraham was able to hold on to the promise even in spite of you know having to to you know go through with sacrificing his son uh his only son and when we consider the life of job you know we we very quickly realize that life isn't fair uh, you know, all of that Job went through, you know, we see the good suffering and the unrighteous prospering. Um, and, and for Job, you know, a, a quick kind of bio on his life to, to bring us all up to speed. Uh, he was blameless and upright. He feared God. He shunned evil. God allowed uh, Satan to afflict him. Uh, his body was ravaged by painful diseases. He lost large portions of his livestock and properties. He lost his servants and even his own children. He, and even his own wife stated, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. And Job, he didn't realize it at, at the beginning, but I believe he did at the end you know, of, of his life, that he was in the middle, or rather he was at the epicenter of this great uh, cosmic struggle between God and Satan, between good and evil, between life and, and death. And so... You know, through this this faithfulness that Job expresses to God, you know, he's able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, which brings us to that point of, yes, amongst all of what I've been through, I believe that I'm going to see the, my Redeemer. Amen. And, you know, an interesting fact to consider is that uh, in both circumstances with both Abraham and Job, we serve an omniscient God, and I believe that God knew the outcome of both of these mm-hmm. examples. And so it wasn't for God's sake, you know, that you know that Abraham went through this test or that Job went through this test. It actually strengthened their faith and their assuredness going through these trials to realize yeah. their own relationship with God. No, I think that's an incredible point. And, you know, I guess sometimes we, you know, if, if I'm honest with myself and I think if we are and our listeners too, uh, when, when it comes to the promises of God, there, there is that wavering. It, there's, it's almost, you know, there's, that, there's those moments where you think, is God going to come through on this? Um, and with Abraham, with, with Job, and, and we'll look at some other examples a little later, uh, God was 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 steady and faithful through all of what they went through, um, because He was wanting to to help them see not just this earthly temporal life uh, of of a moment here where your faith was tested, or 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 moments in your life where your faith is tested, but rather that God is working something out that is far greater for our eternal good. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that we can really learn from examples of Abraham and Job that, you know, we can trust God even amid the, the harsh unfairness of life. Um, I have to say my, my life has been pretty good, all things considered. Mm. How about you, Rod? Well, you know, I've definitely experienced some uh, extremely challenging times mm. um, throughout my life. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I was only baptized in, in 2008 mm-hmm. and, and it was through some serious trials that, uh, you know, it led me to, to know and accept Jesus. And so, 
you know, I, I, I look at what's happened to Job and I look at what's happened to Abraham and I believe 100% that God doesn't allow anything more to happen to you than what you are able to handle. Mm. And so we see these great tests on Abraham and Job, but God knows how much they were able to handle. And whilst it, it appears that they were pushed right up to the very their very limits, mm. um, it didn't go beyond their limits. They didn't forego their faith in God. Mm. Um, and everyone has a different threshold. And God knows individually, each of, each and every one of us, what our threshold is, mm. and he won't push us beyond that threshold. And so we can have that hope that despite what we're going through, whether it's, you know, really feels crushing and, and pressing, um, that God has confidence and faith in us that we're able to handle those situations mm. That, mm. that we're going through. And I, I love the thought, Rod, and, and to add to that, you know, he is the one that sustains us through that. Mm. Um, he, he is the one who... Uh, provides uh, all, all that we need, all the mercy, all the grace, all the the, the, the courage and strength we need to to get through that. Um, yeah, as, as I love that. Yeah. I love that poem, uh, "Footprints." Most people, oh, call yeah. it, you know, and it it feels like that sometimes. You know, like we're in the dark, we're on our own, we're we're battling this situation on our own, but actually, God's carrying us through that. Mm, mm. No, that's that's really. Yeah, it brings a good image to, to, to mind as well. And um, let's look now at Psalm 49. Um, here, and we'll look at Psalm and, and, and Isaiah and, and, and Daniel as well, some a few other passages, and, and give some comment. You know, here, here the psalmist is is led to be very sure and certain of the, the, the future resurrection. Uh, and, and I think it's just worthy to, to give a comment here. Um this this week we're we're majoring upon the Old Testament hope, uh, you know the, the the thought of a resurrection and you know eternal life, you know most of the Christian world would kind of gravitate more towards the New Testament, mm. uh, and and rightfully so, you know th- there's certainly it's certainly there, uh, but what we shouldn't forget uh, is that it's very much anchored in the Old Testament hope. The of, foundation of the resurrection. is there. You know, when, when we come to Jesus speaking of, you know, the resurrection and, and, you know, passing from life to, you know, from death to life and, you know, graves being opened up and all of this, it's, it's when Jesus is alive, he would have what we would call the Old Testament today. And, and so here in Psalm 49, there's this contrast between, you know, the, the, those who would experience the resurrection of life and those who would experience the resurrection of, of, of the dead. Um, and here, on one side, there are the fools, as they're described. They would perish uh, even though they're trying to find assurance in their own transient possessions and accomplishments. In contrast, the wise behold, and they're beyond this human saga, and they're beyond the prison of the grave, and they're looking forward to... Uh, the the glorious reward that God has reserved for them. Um, and, and I want to quote from Psalm 49 and verse 15. It says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. And so here we're seeing this contrast in, in Psalm 49 between, you know, the, the, the wise and, and the foolish. Um, wh- why is it, I, I want to put a question to you, Rod. Why is it that... That humanity, it's almost like within our nature to want to preserve life as much as we can, 
to try and live as long as we can. And now there's nothing wrong with, you know, living a good, healthy life to, you know, have longevity. But why, why would some go to the extent of wanting to try and preserve their life forever, void and absent and separate from this paradigm being the biblical worldview? Well, I think it stems all the way back to Genesis. You know, the very first deception from Satan to Eve was, you will not surely die. You know, in our in and of ourselves, we we don't want to die. Mm. You know, um, it's not natural as as you know, it's not something that God had intended for us at creation, but it comes as a consequence of sin. And so, you know, Satan has put a lot of people into deception, and they want to have that longevity through whatever means possible, but not through Christ. Mm. And so you see people like, you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk who've yep. got, you know, very deep pockets um, setting up companies where they can uh, invest in geno- genomics and, uh, you know, all kinds of different technology where they're trying to so-called hack the body, <laughs> you know, um, to be able to engineer eternal life um, through human, human means. And we just know that that's just not possible. You know, God is the one in control. And uh, as we surrender our lives to Jesus um, and have that blessed assurance of eternal life with him, mm. um, that's where we have our eternal life, not through some uh, scientific means. Mm. You know, it reminds me of the verse in, in Ecclesiastes 3, that God has set eternity in their hearts. And and you're, you're right, you know, it's it's almost innate within us to to want to to live forever. I mean, you know, humans as God had designed were to live forever, and and, and we've looked at previously how sin and death interrupted that. Uh, it, it's an enemy. It's kind of a, a a clunk in the wheel, if you will. But but through Jesus and 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 the story of redemption, you know, there's there's hope through that. And so really, yeah, it, it's interesting. You you mentioned you know a couple of those individuals. Um, and I think really if a lot of it, if, if more of us had deep as deeper pockets as they did, we'd, you know, I think we'd see more humans trying to do such mm. feats as well. Um, but it's futile. You know, here the Bible, you know, speaks of, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the, the fools and, and it's not seen as this, you know, um, you know, term of, of, you know, putting them down necessarily, but it's just stating what it is. Like if you're trying to do something of, you know, prolonging your life to, to live for eternity, void of God, like you're going against the divine laws, you're going against the divine promises and, and the divine will. Um, but with all of this, uh, you know, we'll kind of bring this thought to to the fore here that the, the future resurrection, it's depicted as bringing hope. You mentioned assurance and meaning to this present existence. And I think that's that's really the the special thing about this is that, you know, a future hope of a resurrection only means something if it brings meaning and purpose to our, our existence right now, as you and I are having this conversation, as, as those are listening to this, um, that's what we want. Like we want to, to have this hope and and as it would say in in Hebrews eleven, you know, to receive these promises now, and and have that hope of a future resurrection. And I think you know, um, there's been a lot said about hope um, over the last you know five ten years. 
Uh, we've seen, you know, presidents and, and celebrities talk about hope and the audacity of hope and all these different catchphrases. But unless your hope is grounded in the resurrection and in Christ's return, um, it can bring uh, disappointment and mm. discouragement because those hopes are not um, founded in um, in the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see a lot of young people today who are um, living in a condition of no hope and, and suicide rates are going up because they don't understand that Jesus is coming. Mm. Um, and so they, they're bombarded with all these news articles about you know, global warming and climate change and nuclear war and, you know, all these end time scenarios and they don't see it beyond that. Mm. And so, you know, I think where it brings real meaning into our lives is that we need to share that hope with those people that they can be a part of that, that future hope. Mm. Yeah, totally agree, Rod. Totally agree. Um, <clears throat> I, I think, you know, um, you know, particularly events of the last, you know, couple of years as well. Uh, you know, it, it's brought to, it's brought to the minds. Uh, I know for me personally, and, and, and many I've spoken with, um, that a lot can change very quickly. Um, and as you said, you know, we, we look and we see things and, and we've seen a lot, you know, the world has radically changed in the last 20, 21 years or so. Um, and yet you're right, you know, there's, there's this hope and, and, you know, um, again, it says in the Bible, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and, and this often can be the experience of people when, when they've, they've hoped for something or, 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 or they're thinking, what is beyond, you know, this life, you know, if, if that hope is deferred and, and, and kind of pushed back, uh, and away from them. It just leaves them in this state of being, you know, sick, of unwell, of, you know, you know, mentally, you know, in anguish because, yeah, they don't have that hope. And yet, you know, the Bible is very clear that, that you know, in Jesus there is that hope. Um, you know, he is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth and, and the life as well. And, and I think it also leads to a lot of, you know, uh, risky behavior, you know, because, yeah, a lot of young people will live in, in the mindset that, Hey, today we party tomorrow, we die. Mm. You know, there's nothing, nothing else beyond that. And so you see, you know, people taking, um, really crazy risks, putting their life at risk and even dying for an Instagram shot or, you know, um, just living life to what they think is the fullest, um, but a life full of depravity and, and want and, uh, merely because they don't understand the hope that is to come. Mm. And so they're living in a world of darkness and we, we need to be that light to, to brighten yeah. their world. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I want to look now at, at Isaiah 26 and um, again, you know, what's coming through um, all the way through the Bible is that there's really only uh, two sides. Uh, there are two masters. Um and there are two ultimate destinies and, and, you know, those two masters being God and Satan and the two destinies being eternal life or eternal death. Um, and, and here in Isaiah, we see again, the contrast between, uh, the, the destinies of the wicked and the righteous, 
the wicked will remain dead uh, without ever being brought back to life again. Now, I'll preface that and say as well that um, this is after the the second death. Mm. Um, you know, so the the destiny of the wicked is one of it's it's death. Like the, the, there's no coming back from this. Whereas the the righteous dead, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, um, they will be raised from death to receive their blessed reward. Uh, and the Lord God, as it says in Isaiah, um, God Himself will swallow up death forever and will wipe away tears from all their faces. Mm. Now, again, I want to make this comment that you know, if 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 you're a familiar student of Scripture, you you will hear that phrase. You know, and 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 God will swallow up death forever, or or, or death will be swallowed up forever. You'll hear that phrase, and He will wipe away all tears from their faces. You'll hear those, and you'll think, "Oh, Paul has said that. John has said that." And 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 I think this is this is making the point that, you know, the New Testament hope of the resurrection is very much anchored in the Old Testament. You know, when Paul is writing, when John is writing, when Peter and Timothy, uh, when Peter is writing, um, they're, they're pulling from this Old Testament hope uh, and they're seeing Jesus as the one who, you know, conquered the grave and conquered death. Um, yeah, just wanted to, to, to make that comment as well. Uh, this this final resurrection, as we're seeing in Isaiah 25, of, of kind of pointing forward to this final resurrection, it brings together all of the righteous from all of the ages, uh, including those loved ones, friends, family who who have already died in Christ. Um, and this is an incredible thing, you know. When when I think of this personally, Rod, um, you know, it, it's going to be an incredible thing because. There, there are certain enemies in in life uh, that that we face and that we experience. Um, death being one of them. Um, again, it, it's this kind of disruption in God's plan. It was never part of His plan, and so that's why you know when we hear of of someone dying and and, and the closer that person is to us, it, it just it's this uneasy, you know, experience and feeling. It, it just doesn't feel right, and and God Himself sympathizes with that and says, well, yeah, it was never part of my plan. Uh, but yet through Jesus, through this this plan of redemption and, and, and the future resurrection, as we're seeing here in the Old Testament, the best is yet to come. Absolutely, 100%. Like the best is yet to come. And through all that we go through, whether it be we see in Abraham, Job, here in Isaiah, um, you know, in the Psalms as well, amidst all of what we go through, the best is still yet And the to Bible come. says, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure which text it's in now, but uh, it says, you know, the, the, the eye has not seen, nor has the mind conceived what the Lord has prepared for mm. us. And so, you know, the, the, the other side of, of this life um, has something that we can't even imagine. Uh, and it's... You know, we see artist impressions and we see, you know, people that, you know, sort of try to describe what heaven will be like, but mm. we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the incredible thing, you know. Yeah, that, that verse you 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 quoted then, Rod, in, in, in First Corinthians two, you know, when and, and again, this this is this is very 
we'll go there. And and even though we're we're kind of we're we're delving into the New Testament, that that's okay. You know, our, our listeners will excuse us, but you know, this the the, the future resurrection is grounded in, in, in the present hope and reality of that. And and so that 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 text of, of you know, eyes not seen nor ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, it's first rooted and grounded in 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 a in a crucified and risen Savior. Um and, and the riches of that, the glory of that. And 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 this 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 gospel of, of who Jesus is and uh one other passage uh, we'll, we'll you know look at is is in Daniel twelve and and this is more of a unique um, passage that we'll look at and you know Daniel is is seen as you know a great a great book of the Old Testament um, and 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 there in Revel- in Daniel twelve uh, there's a reference to to Michael and time doesn't really allow us to unpack you know who Michael is there's there's disputes over who Michael is and. Um, you know, it, it's clear that if we were to consistently look through the book of Daniel, uh, you know, references to, you know, the prince of the host, uh, the prince of princes, the Messiah, the prince, and finally Michael, the great prince in Daniel 12, that we would identify Michael to be Christ, to be Jesus Christ. Um, and so this Old Testament passage that we've looked at uh, thus far, speaks of the resurrection of the righteous people. But Daniel 12, it brings up this almost, dare I say, a bit of a special resurrection, uh, both of the righteous and the unrighteous. Uh, when Michael stands up, many, as it quotes here in verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And so again, we're seeing just these two sides, these two eventual outcomes. And so, yeah, this, this view is that, um, uh, you know, both the faithful and the unfaithful at Christ's return will, will experience this special resurrection. And, and I just want to quote here, Rod, um, you know, from, uh, from Ellen White in The Great Controversy. Um, she gives comment to this and, and, and she's drawing from Revelation 1 as well uh, that speaks of those who have pierced him. Uh, and, and it quotes here and says that all who have died in the faith of the third angel's message come forth from the tomb glorified uh, to hear God's covenant of peace with those who have kept his law. And she quotes Revelation 1-7, which again alludes to this special resurrection, that they also which pierced him shall seek him. Uh, those that mocked and derided Christ's dying agonies uh, and the most violent opposers of his truth and his people are raised to behold him in his glory and to see the honor placed upon the loyal and obedient. And it's this really unique, and I've said it before, but special resurrection that, that, that's going to happen for the express purpose of, of you know, bringing a conclusion to this earth, a conclusion to death, and the ushering in of life eternal, where there would be no more death. Mm. Um, and so again, it's this 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 Old Testament reference, this Old Testament hope to to the resurrection to to come uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, uh, in every aspect that it is presented within the Old Testament, mm. um, it's bring brings it into such a positive light. Um, and it's something that we we really look forward to um, 
you know, we see more more verses in Isaiah where, mm. you know, Isaiah talks about what it will be like, you know, and uh, we don't want to miss out on that day. We want to, um, you know, to have that blessed assurance. Um, there's nothing worse than I, I think than uh, in your final moments, not having that assured assuredness that uh, you know where you're going. Mm. Yeah, look, Rod, um, you're you're exactly right, and um, that reminds me of, um, of of my grandfather. You know, he he um, yeah, y- you could say that he wasn't someone who uh, was 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 you know open to faith or or, or to um, to God. But you know, in in his own ways, was you know, um, you know, curious, you know, along the way. Um, but the, the 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 amazing thing was that um, when when his uh, health turned, you know, towards you know the closing moments of his life, um, yeah, he was faced with such questions, and 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 our pastor at the time uh, went and you know had had conversations with him, prayed with him, and um, yeah the pastor gave us the hope from the conversation that he had with, with my grandfather that, that, yeah, he, he had that, you know, that, you know, hospital bed experience, that death, that deathbed experience where, you know, he said, look, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I want this hope. And, you know, I think there's, there's many people like that who, you know, when, when they're seeing that, that time is running out from their life, I, I believe that yeah, God, God, God will do a special work for 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 such people, you know, because you know it's consistent with God and His nature that He's not wanting any to perish. Mm. Um, and, and and I agree with you there. Um, the one thing that I would just add to that though is that um, we never know our our time. It's true, and you know. Uh, every day we see instances of where um, suddenly people's lives have been cut short in a car accident or, you know, in whatever circumstances, and they've never had that opportunity mm. where they've been able to um, plead their case and to, to renew their relationship with Christ. And so, you know, as Christians, every day we need to to make sure that we're walking with God because we never know. I mean, it's it seems like a morbid thought, but you know, this is the world that we live in, mm. and um, it's not about um, you know delaying. The Bible says, you know, today, you know, give your life to me now. Mm, mm. Um, today's, you know, you have today. You don't know what to, what's going to come tomorrow. So it's true. No, that they're really great, great thoughts, Rod. And um, you know, it reminds me of what um, uh, Martin Luther said, uh, the, the the German uh, reformer. Mm. Of, of the middle ages. And he said, you know, live like Jesus died yesterday, rose this morning and is coming back tomorrow. Mm. And, you know, with the, with the expectancy of, of hope, uh, the expectancy of Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He's conquered the grave and yeah, he's coming back soon. And I, I just want to, you know, share this thought as we, as we come to a close, um, yeah, th- this is really powerful. It, it, the imagery is of the life giver Jesus um, calling up his purchased possession in the first resurrection. And until that triumphant hour, when the last trumpet shall sound and the vast army shall come forth to eternal victory, 
every sleeping saint will be kept in safety. You know, you just think of that, you know, those those that are in the grave who who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, they they're kept in safety and will be guarded as a precious jewel who is known to God by name. And and such is the the personal care and love and plan that God has for every every person. Uh, and for those who who are sleeping saints, man, what a day it's going to be! Uh, it, it it's you know, yeah, the, the line of the famous hymn, you know, what a what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, and and that's what it's all about, right? Mm. Is for us to see, like Job said, for us to see him face to face, more far more than we do. He wants to see us face to face. It's incredible. Absolutely, it's incredible. Yeah. Hey, Rod, thanks so much for joining us today uh, as we've discussed, yeah, the, the Old Testament hope of of the resurrection and of eternal life. And, uh, yeah, for our viewers and, and, and listeners as well, um, until next time, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the conversation, tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary is a production of the Sabbath School Department of the North New South Wales Conference. This week's episode was produced by Henrique Felix and Morgan Vincent. That's it. We'll see you next week.